Um, I'm excited. We are spending a few weeks here. I look back. I, I'm sad today. We're missing our giant screen. Uh, but thankfully, we got backup side screens here. It's the fanciest auditorium ever. Um, we're in a series that we're calling the White, A White Elephant Christmas. And the idea is that we're thinking about things that we kind of hope maybe we get at Christmas, the gift, the thing that we hope to receive. And then as a white elephant gift exchange happens, you open it and it typically isn't what you're looking for. It's kind of part of the fun of a white elephant exchange is that you get something you weren't really looking forward to. And at Christmas, I think all the time, but Christmas maybe feels even highlighted or um, exaggerated a little more. There's a lot of things we kind of look for that we hope to have uh, and, and it doesn't happen. And we kind of seem to open this Christmas season gift and we go, it isn't happening the way I, I hoped it happened. Now I have, um, last week I was able to give Jeff a white elephant gift. And this week I have two more that I just didn't get time to give to friends. Uh, and so I love if, if I can give them to him now. Uh, I think, are, are there two like Severson high schoolers in the room? I think I see them. Zach and Hannah. Can you guys come up? I haven't had the chance to give you your gifts yet, but I have two gifts for you guys. We got a round of applause. I found these things and I thought of you. Um, here, this is for you, Zach. Merry Christmas, brother. And this is for you, Hannah. Why don't you stand in the middle maybe a little more? Um, Zach, why don't you go first? Uh, I thought of you the second I saw this. Wait, first, what do you think it is? Oh, I don't know. Or what do you hope it is? Broken glass. Broken glass? Well, it actually might be better than that. You kind of ruined the illustration, but thanks for the, yeah. Broken, I give you broken glass? How long have I known you? This is a very special gift. In order for everyone to really understand, you know, you know how to open a box. Uh, understand, I actually took a picture of this one. This is a clown called Jester. I thought, I just thought of you the second I saw that thing. Oh, hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you. You're so sweet. You're so nice. All right. That's all yours. Do not leave that here. Okay. Hannah, uh, I have a gift for you as well, if you'd like to open it up. Do you have any idea what it is? A lightsaber. A lightsaber? Oh, that would be really cool. You will for sure be disappointed then. <laughs> Thanks, that helps. The... I, d I actually, that one, I, that was just a sweet gift that a friend gave me that I couldn't wait to pass on to you, Zach. This one I actually like thought of, I actually thought of you, Hannah. I'm thrilled about this. The anticipation is so exciting here in the room. Are you ready for this? Oh, you got I don't have a picture of this. You just get to hold it up and we all get to take it in. Oh, show them the back. The back is great. There's puffy paint all over that thing. Homemade. I think it's one of a kind. Will you wear that? She will. Yes. All right. Give it up for our friends. Thank you. Thanks for being good sports. I'll take this. I'll take this. Thank you, guys. I've known you for so long, and I just saw those things, and I thought, man, this screams. That sweatshirt kind of screamed, did scream Hannah. <laughs> the clown, not so much. Thanks, Zach. Zach's heading out to help with kids. He's one of our superstar kids uh, volunteers. He's in there all the time. Thanks for waiting around to, take, to get that clown. What a weird thing. Um, last week, we, we had an opportunity to think about this in the sense of peace. And so we often hope that we get the gift of peace, and in fact, we unwrap 
at Christmas time, uh, not so much peace. At least when we're talking about conflicts in relationships specifically, or maybe just in, in ourselves. And so we looked at, we're th- we can be thankful that we were actually given the gift of peace. That's far, far greater than any peace we find at Christmas time or any time really in the Prince of Peace. As Jesus came, he actually said that he would come and bring peace. And so we're thankful for that. And today we're going to look at a different thing that we hope to get, and I think doesn't often happen. Um, it might even feel a little more practical. And I, I picked a few of my favorite Christmas movie clips that I think kind of illustrate this gift of rest that we hope to get and often don't because it often feels a lot uh, like this. I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. Okay, okay people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> So in a season that we often are hoping we unwrap rest, maybe not even just physical rest, but just kind of rest for our souls, I think it's a time that often feels pretty crazy, pretty tiring, uh, pretty warm, maybe even beat up a little bit from the battle at a, <laughs> that seed from Jingle All the Way. I love that movie. It's so ridiculous. And what else? I mean, that's the only movie I think you get Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger together. Uh, <laughs> and... Oh, it it just, for me, it really feels though often like moments I get at Christmas and maybe it's not, uh, you've experienced that, right? At least last few years, we haven't experienced a lot of that at Christmas shopping, right? Because people are doing that online or staying away from one another. But just that, that weariness of all the things to do or in the beginning, uh, as he's just working. I I love that, uh, his boss says, make work your favorite. There's this element of like just, you just got to get to work. You got to put up the decorations. We got to get all the right gifts. We got to make all the right things. We got to go to all the Christmas parties or even just the weariness of figuring out the calendar during December. Can I pack everything in? You may even just feel tired just from just looking at your calendar. 
How are we going to figure out how do we get to certain people's houses on certain days to make sure meals are there and even just a weariness after we hang out for a day or two with family? It, it might not even be from like bad things. I, I just, it's just a lot. And so I think physically, maybe you're feeling tired. We feel weary that rest isn't what we open. But also I think just, I would say weariness in our soul and our in brokenness and maybe just outside of Christmas, the, the fact we're still working through a pandemic is, is tiring. And, and people being sick is tiring and seeing year after year, death is tiring and brokenness is tiring. And so how do we figure out what to do? How, how do we find rest then in a time that seems like we suffer and we're weary and we're tired? It seems like we just keep opening more tired and weariness and fatigue. But I looked on the internet that's the best place to just find answers to anything. <laughs> and I read a whole bunch of blogs that are all about how to beat the holiday fatigue. There's a whole series of them that also advertise lots of uh, great cookie recipes. It's a great way to find cookie recipes. Search for holiday fatigue. Um, and I, I just consolidated them. They all had kind of the same tips. And I want you to think through, uh, just, just here, here's, here's some of the tips that we heard. Similar to last week. I uh, got some great tips. So one was sleep eight hours a night, preferably in a familiar, comfortable place. <laughs> Holidays are maybe not the best time <laughs> to do that. Sleep in your own bed. Uh, but also it said just eat well. It says lay off the sugar and irregular eating habits. Probably also the worst time of the year for that. But if you could not do that, it's sort of just listing the things that happen and saying these are why you're tired. It said, uh, get some quiet time to center yourself daily. It said it recommended an hour a day where you're not around other people. Uh, <laughs> amen. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> where there's no one around? It said just find a quiet place. It recommended, one of them recommended maybe finding a quiet room or even a closet at a relative's house that you could sit in. <laughs> maybe someone might have done this. Maybe someone's felt that ever at, at, at a holiday gathering that you were like, I bet I could fit in that closet. Nobody would know I was in here. <laughs> Just close that door and take a nap. It said avoid screens, emails, or binging television. <laughs> I thought that's the best because how many, how many Hallmark movies in a row do people watch? It said maybe lay off screens. It doesn't help us rest necessarily. Avoid stressful situations or people who don't fill your tank. Yeah, yeah. And so this is, uh, oh, that was the last one. I thought I had one more. So it, it gave a lot of, I think, helpful things, right? All these would probably make you feel more rested if you slept just generally in life. If we slept more, if we ate well, if we had some quiet time, if we avoided screens, if we avoided stressful situations. Those are helpful, right? But what's, that, what's so incredible about Christmas is that we are given a gift in Christ that gives us, I think, a far greater and deeper and more uh, a foundational and actually eternal rest. And that's what we're excited today to look, look at just for a few minutes here. We hear this uh, way back in Isaiah throughout all of scripture. We hear about God coming to the weary, to those who are burdened, to those who feel the effects of brokenness and sin. It says in Isaiah 40, do you not know? Have you not heard? I love this. I picked this one because I love the phrasing of it. Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of, of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. In his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Yeah, did you not know? I, 
you do, we feel weary. We're tired. Did you not know there's a God who doesn't grow weary? And he gives strength to those who are weary. And we hear also in Isaiah a prediction, a promise, a prophecy that there will be someone who will come who will give us rest forever. A king who will be born, who will give us rest. And we know that on a night in a manger lay a baby a long, long time ago named Jesus who came to give that rest. That king who came who does not grow weary to give his people rest. To be with his people and give them rest. Let's, we're going to look at the Matthew Christmas part of the account here in Matthew. Um, but this good news that, that there is weariness, but this gift has come to be with us, even in our weariness, and to give us rest. This is uh, the Christmas account here in Matthew 1. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So, so Mary is pregnant, not with Joseph, because God has come and put Jesus in her. And Joseph says, I don't want to disgrace her, so I'm going to quietly divorce her. But, in verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So he goes to sleep. Imagine the, the weariness and even the conflict in him. He goes to sleep. He finally gets to sleep. I imagine having it be hard to get to sleep. But an angel comes to him in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. His name Jesus means to save so, so God actually comes to him in a dream and says, hey, don't leave Mary. Actually, she's going to give birth to a son and he's the one who's going to save the people. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. It says this will fulfill uh, uh, through the prophet. That's Isaiah. So Isaiah said in Isaiah 7, 14, the virgin will a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, or God with us. So long time before this, God's going to actually come and be with us, and he's going to save us. And now this angel really is reminding Joseph of this. Hey, the one who's going to come to save you, to be with you, to give you rest, to give you peace and joy, take care of the sin issue, take care of the weariness issue, the brokenness issue, he's coming, and he's coming through Mary. And that's why we celebrate Christmas, right? We get together and say, yeah, we're so thankful that Jesus was born because if he was not born, he, we wouldn't have been saved from our sin in that way. Now Jesus grows up, he starts doing ministry, and he, and he repeats these same things. This is what I've come for, to save my people. And specifically, he speaks to weariness. He's aware, he sees people around him who are broken, who are weary, who have made work their favorite. They're going to do all the right things. They're going to work really hard and they're going to find ways to find rest and joy and peace. They're going to they're keep, keep on keeping on making work their favorite. Maybe not God their favorite. They're going to say, hey, I'm going to come to you weary and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you rest. He says this in Matthew 11. This is Jesus. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. It's me. 
even just imagine that one moment. He, he would say that to people and the people who were around him. Even if not out loud, they'd go, oh, he's talking to me. He knows I'm weary. He's, he's not here to say, hey, why don't, you, why don't you work harder? Why don't you get your act together? Why don't you rest more? What are you, what are you doing? Instead, he says, hey, I know you're weary and you're burdened. I will give you rest. I'm the one who's going to bring rest to you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. and You will find rest for your souls. What a phrase, rest for your souls, for like your foundational being, for the thing that motivates you, the thing that, that controls all who, kind of who you are and how you think and feel. I'm going to give rest to that like deep in you, your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, the yoke is, the, is this thing that goes on the, the back of an oxen or other animals that really carries the weight, right? That might be used, that might be hooked to to pull things or, or carry weight. It literally is like this burden that causes them to become weary. He's talking to people in a culture where this would have been a very common thing that yoke wasn't only used for eggs, but, you know, or at all for eggs, but this yoke, this thing that's on our necks. And Jesus says to us, this burden that's on you with, with me is light. I take, I take that, that weariness and that burden that's on you because you're carrying all the work. You're trying to do all the work to, to make your life right, your relationship with God right, to make everything feel comfortable and cozy or to make your family all work. All those things, right, that you're, you're taking the work on. I, I'm going to do that work. And then you take my yoke. It's easy. It's light. Let me do that work and you cling to me. And he takes that yoke, we know. And not just, hey, I, I, not just as if he comes as like a really great priest and does like, priestly rituals for the people or not just he comes and like does nice things for neighbors and on behalf of us and says like, Hey, I, I, uh, you know, I snow blowed your driveway. It was drew though. Right. So I get credit for it or something. He comes and takes care of the greatest burden of sin and death. And Satan goes on a cross and takes that yoke. He's, he's literally on a, on a hung on a piece of wood, taking the burdens and weariness of the world of all the ages of our sin and our brokenness on his back. He raises from the dead and defeats that. And then he says, come, now I've, I've taken that, come with me. And so at Christmas, we get to remember that he was born in that manger and he grew up and said, I'll take your weariness. And he went to a cross and took it. I think something that's really been helpful for me, and this, this, is, how I, this is how the gift of rest has been really given to me during Christmas. Uh, is that that isn't the end. That the reason I can rest in my soul right now, even though I'm still weary and burdened, is because there's still something ahead of us. Fleming Rutledge uh, says it this way in her uh, Advent devotional. I really like this. It's really been helpful for me. It's actually given me a, a lot of joy and rest at, at Christmas time. It says, for many years, I thought that during Advent, this time leading up, to Christmas, one was supposed to pretend that Jesus hadn't been born so that we'd be more excited when Christmas came. I, I kind of identify with that. Like, okay, I got to act like Jesus hasn't been born yet. 
and then get excited. Like, I hope he's born. And then he is, oh, surprise, again this year, <laughs> he's born. Maybe you felt this. I'm not exactly sure. Like, how, how does that work? It says, needless to stay, the stratagem didn't work. For me, it was a revelation years later to learn that the last weeks of Pentecost and the first weeks of Advent look forward to the second coming of Christ. What if our, ex- our expectedness, what if our anticipation was not just on the day he was born, but that we actually are waiting today for him to come again. In Advent, we don't pretend, as I once thought, that we are in the darkness before the birth of Christ. Rather, we take a good hard look at the darkness we're in right now, facing and defining it honestly, so that we'll understand with utmost clarity that our great hope and only joy is in Jesus' final victorious coming. She's saying, Right now, as we remember that Jesus is coming in Christmas, that reminds us that we too are waiting for a day when weariness and burden will be gone. That we don't have to fake, oh, I wonder what it was like to wait for Jesus to come to save people. We are waiting for that ultimate day when Jesus comes, when these things are gone. And so there's an element that we can rest today knowing that we know how it ends. That there's a day that this isn't it. If, if you live your day today, tomorrow, this week, and think this is as good as it gets, Co- cozying up by a fire, hot chocolate, that's pretty good. But is this really, this is as good as it gets? Weariness of sickness, my body not working, relationships not working, I am exhausted. Is this as good as it gets? We get to know that this isn't as good as it gets. And so during Advent, we get to again be reminded, oh, we're waiting for a better day. And so even as we read the story at the end of Scripture in Revelation, we can read it kind of as another Christmas story. In the way that we sit around with family and read the Christmas story, uh, maybe act it out, maybe have a nativity set in our house and we remember the little figurines and the shepherds coming and the wise men coming. What if we sat down and did that, and then remember that there's actually another day coming when God again will come and be with his people. And so what if we read Revelation 21 together? So let's, let's read it together. Like we're sitting around the fire, it's Christmas. We're all in our jammies and we just opened our presents. We're all talking about Zach's weird clown he got. And, and then we say, hey, come on, let's read the story together. The story, instead of being just the Christmas story, is, is this great day when all things will be made right. We say, hey, let's gather. Here's the story again. Remember from Revelation, it says, When I saw a new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea, and I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, and God prepared a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne say, Look! God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. It's Emmanuel. He's he's with us. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. No more weariness, no more burden. All of the burdens, death, yeah, mourning, yes, crying, there isn't any more Pain is gone. Can you imagine? And he will be, he was seated on a throne and said, I am making everything new. 
Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God and they'll be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, and those who practice magic arts and idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. That last part might be a little intense for a Christmas reading, right? (laughs) But what is he saying? He's saying, I'm going to take care of all that is wrong. All that is evil. Those things that you say, this makes me weary. Watching the news, hearing uh, on a Twitter feed, hearing from a friend another thing happened where people were killed or hurt. There's injustice. This is going to stop. One more reason I'm weary. Those things are going to be gone. God's going to be with his people. There's no more burdens. Everything's going to be healed. It's going to be made right. And we're going to be with him. So I encourage us that we can rest today. We can rest during Christmas, even when we are exhausted, maybe physically, even exhausted emotionally, even just excited for the season, maybe to even end so we can get back to regular that feels less weary. Because as we celebrate a baby in a manger, we can also look to the day when the lamb stands with the the nations around it, people from all tribes and tongues worshiping Jesus and all things are made right. This is a painting, uh, it was painted in 1432, um, right at the beginning. Some people call this painting like one of the paintings that began the Renaissance, which is a big deal. It's called the Adoration of the Mystic Lamb. It's just a picture that represents kind of this moment. This lamb, Jesus, who was slain but now stands. Dead lambs don't stand, right? This, this lamb who came, who was slain in place of the people who now is king and all gather around him to worship, all people from all places. We can look to this new nativity, this new scene of us, this anticipation. We can have expectant rest. So I've been, that's what I've been thinking about this week. How can I have expectant rest? My soul can be resting even as I am exhausted because this is still coming, friends. I don't have to just go, oh, it's good that Jesus came a while ago. This is good. It's coming. In fact, I think we sang some of these words this morning. We sang, God, rest, you merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. Why? To save us from Satan's power when we are gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. And we're about to, in a few minutes, sing a song that we often sing at Christmas that actually wasn't necessarily even written for Christmas time. It actually was partially inspired by looking forward to what is to come. I love it that we sing this song, Joy to the World, at Christmas, and it's the second you hear it, you think Christmas, you feel Christmas. It was written a long time ago just to celebrate that there should be joy in the world because the Savior is coming. I imagine this is a song that we will sing when Jesus comes again. This song we could sing today to celebrate the birth and we could sing the day Jesus comes back to celebrate his second coming to make all things right. Joy to the world, the Lord is come but earth receive her king. We could sing that again. 
when he comes. Let every heart prepare him room in heaven and nature will sing in heaven and nature will sing in heaven and nature will sing. Imagine that day. That's the day we get to look forward to. So my prayer for us, my encouragement to us is that we can open the gift of rest. We can actually be restful. We can have expectant rest, looking forward to a day when all things will be right and our souls can be at rest even when it doesn't feel so restful. And that will change how we interact with those around us. That will change how we interact with ourselves, with the word of God, with God himself. And we can say, you're the one who brings rest. Even in the midst of suffering and hardship. I'm going to ask our worship team uh, to come up here. I have a few things I want us to reflect on as we uh, move forward in our service here. Um, I just want you to consider that, do you even know, maybe you're unaware of this. Maybe today's the first day you heard this. Do you know that Jesus did the work? His yoke is easy. His burden, like he's the one who's already put that work on him. And we can, we can take that, um, that we don't have to keep making work our favorite. We can make Jesus our favorite. Maybe just it's a good day to consider what yoke feels heavy, burdensome, crushing. It's an opportunity just to pray. Say, God, this, this is crushing me. I need you. I need, to find, I need that rest even in the midst of that. What does it even look like for you to live an expectant life? What does it look like to be someone who lives today but knows this isn't it, that there's someone coming to rescue us? And maybe even just who do you know who's weary? It's an opportunity for you to think about what does it look like to overflow that rest? Could you bear Christ's image today and this week by bringing rest to someone else? Or even the way your words, the way you react to weariness, to burdensomeness, what does that look like to be someone who even brings rest, a person of rest into all things? We're going to take an opportunity to respond now all together. We do that in a few ways here at Hope. We, uh, we love to take communion every week. And so our communion tables are out in the uh, hallways because we can't have food or beverage in the, in the auditorium here. And communion is a way for us just to remember that day that Jesus died and rose and his body was broken, his blood was shed, that he took that yoke upon himself. He did that work so that we would not have to do the work of dying. But then he rose and he defeated death. And so we, we take communion to remember that. He says, take this to remember this great, great thing. So we encourage you that you can go out to the tables and do that out in the hallway. Also, there's gonna be people in the back of the room who will pray for you if you want prayer. It, it, and this is a great opportunity to say, I, I'm really tired. I'm really burdened. I just need another brother or sister to pray over me, to care for me. I'd love for you to do that. We'll also be singing together. Um, there's always an opportunity to give online or at the back table in um, outside too. There's a, there's a thing to give in. So let me pray for us and we'll continue worshiping here and respond to this good news that Jesus has come to give us rest. Lord, I am weary and tired and broken, and I'm so thankful that you come and called to me to come to you. I pray we would move to you, that our rest would be found in you, not uh, accomplishing a bunch of work, but in just allowing you to do that work and, and holding and clinging to you. It's going to be um, some really great moments in these next weeks, Lord, uh, and some really hard moments 
And I pray in all those we would be able to cling to you and find rest in whatever is happening. However cozy and great the moment is or however hard the moment is in all that, we can have a heart of rest in you. Thank you for your goodness. I pray as we worship you, we'd remember those words. As we sing out these words, we would remember not just your birth, but the day that you're coming back. Let's make all things new. Pray this in your good name. Amen.